Hello and welcome to another episode of Nonprofit Vision. This is your host, Greg Nielsen. I'm the president and CEO of Nielsen Training and Consulting, where we work with nonprofit organizations nationally, primarily in the areas of board excellence, strategy, and organizational development. I want to welcome everybody back to the podcast this week. It's March 25th, and we're going to do things a little bit differently today. So any of you who have listened to the podcast previously know that we usually have a guest and we discuss a particular topic there. I wanted to do something a little bit different today and just speak with you directly, um, just one-on-one, related to board governance in an era of challenging times. So obviously we are still uh, right smack in the midst of the coronavirus crisis where many nonprofits around the country are experiencing extreme challenges. Uh, And one of the most frequent questions I've been receiving has been around, how do we engage our board? What is really the role of the board during challenging times? So I wanted to take just a few minutes this afternoon and, and talk with you about that and share some thoughts that I have around the board's role in challenging times. And then at the end, maybe give you some tips for fostering board engagement uh, during these times. Again, always want to encourage people to reach out directly with any particular questions, concerns, comments that you may have, issues that you may be having with your board, um, and, and I'm happy to discuss those with you. As we get started, though, you know, a couple of topics I want to talk about today are the fiduciary duties of the board, um, some ways that your board can meaningfully and appropriately engage in risk assessment, business continuity, which is obviously a, a, a an important topic for us to discuss, communications planning and financial management. And then at the end, I'll talk just a little bit about board operations. So how do you can do, how do you make sure the business of the board, the business of the organization continues to get done uh, during a time of interruption? But at the outset, I, you know, I want to talk, I had a conversation with a nonprofit leader the other day, and, and they told me that uh, they were having a really hard time getting the board to engage right now, that the board had essentially gone missing in action. Uh, emails had gone unreturned, phone calls unreturned. And I don't want to minimize the, the disruption that, that could certainly be going on in the lives of board members. But as a board, this is a time uh, for more engagement rather than less engagement, for more frequent communication rather than less frequent communication as long as it is helpful for the executive and the staff. So what I've been talking to boards about is the importance and the role of their fiduciary duties. So boards obviously have three different fiduciary duties. They have a duty of care, a duty of loyalty, and a duty of obedience. So when we think about the duty of care in a a challenging time, we're really talking about the board making sure that it is up to date on the most reliable information that they can get their hands on, And as they make decisions, making sure that those decisions reflect the best information that they have. So this is a time for the board to really engage in what is the financial situation of the organization? What is the safety? What are the safety concerns or risks associated with the work of the organization and continuing the mission during this time? Uh, And how do we make decisions that, that reflect the safety of our staff? Um, while also reflecting the interests of our mission. And so that's the place where I always start with boards is around their fiduciary duty. And those duties don't go away in times of challenge. They don't disappear. They don't diminish. If anything, those duties are more important during times right now. 
Um, and, and really, when you think about the uh, the role of the staff, the role of the leadership versus the role of the board during a time like this, um, you could think of paddling a boat, right? And and if you were in a in a canoe in a rowboat, uh, and you have two different people paddling, both have to be pulling their weight in order to move forward. And that's really the the distinction that we're talking about with the board and the staff is getting both of them to pull in the same direction. They may be doing different things. They're probably focusing, uh, board focusing more on the strategy of the organization, the staff focusing more on the daily operations, but they have to be working in tandem in order to move the organization forward effectively. There are three key roles for the board at any time, but particularly during a time of challenge. Uh, the first role is to set organizational direction, and that may have been knocked off course. I had a great question from a nonprofit leader the other day who said, you know what, we just, bef before all this happened, we went through a process of strategic planning, and we are just in the early stages of implementing our strategic plan, and this has really knocked us off course. Should we be worried that we're not following right now in these days um, that the, what our strategic plan said that we should be doing? We're not meeting those milestones that we set in our strategic plan. And what I've told organizations is obviously have the conversation with your board, but it's really important to give yourselves a little bit of grace, right? This is not a situation that was contemplated during your strategic planning process. And if it's knocked you a little bit off course and knocked a few deadlines around or changed a few of the terms or goals or objectives of your strategic plan, that's okay. There will be time to readjust the strategic plan. Right now, focus on the general organizational direction. What do you need to do to preserve your mission, to protect your staff, and to keep moving forward in a way that's safe and healthy for everyone? So the board obviously plays a key role in, that, in, in setting that strategy. Second is providing oversight. And, and I use the term oversight broadly because you could also just as easily use the term support. Um, oversight is not just looking over the shoulder of the executive director, not just looking over the shoulder of the staff and making sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's also providing oversight to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, that there is self-care going on in the organization, that people's um, larger needs outside of the organization are being met and that nothing the board is doing, nothing the organization is doing, is making things harder for the individual. And third, and, and many of my nonprofit executives would tell you this is the most important at this time, is ensuring adequate resources making sure that the organization has the funding, the resources, the technology, the tools, the equipment to keep doing the job. And we'll talk about a couple of different ways the board can engage there. Something else I've told boards, um, particularly since what I've found throughout my career is that boards tend to be risk averse, right? Um, I've told boards, this is a time to have a bias towards action. Make sure we're acting prudently, make sure we're following the applicable laws and applicable guidance that's out there. But this is a time to act thoughtfully and act um, decisively. And if you're concerned about that as a board member, sometimes board members love to have all of the information or have, have all of the data in order to make the best decision possible or make the perfect decision. I remind them of the business judgment rule. The business judgment rule uh, states that board members, directors will not be held liable if the director makes a decision that's in good faith, is free of any conflict of interest, is reasonably informed, 
and is a decision that the board member rationally believes is being made in the best interest of the organization. So don't let perfection be the enemy of the good if you're a board member right now. If you're trying to have every piece of information or consume every piece of data before you make decisions for the organization, there, there's a tendency to get paralyzed during that time frame. So as board members, again, give yourselves some grace, have a bias towards action, get the most information you can, and then act, and then make decisions. Uh, it, this can be a particularly uh, frustrating time for board members. Boards can, I've heard from some board members that they wonder what is it that they can control? You know, a lot of what we haven't really talked a whole lot about during um, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 crisis, uh, is the feeling of a loss of control. And I think that that's being experienced by some nonprofit executives and staffs, and certainly some boards as well. So I had a board member um, in a coaching call the other day express that it was it's frustrating to, to feel that there is so much that is outside of their control. And what I remind board members is that may be true, but there's also a lot that's within your sphere of influence. So things like, and I've identified five, uh, five key topics for boards here, is things that are, what is that decision of what is mission critical? And that's going to be a different decision for every organization. But identifying for your organization, what is it that is so critical about the mission that has to continue during this period of time? And conversely, what do we need to let go of during this period of time? Second thing that's within the board sphere of influence is communication. How is your organization going to communicate with the public during this time? What channels are you going to use? What platforms, what forums, what is the messaging that you wanna put out from your organization? Certainly falls within the sphere of influence of the organization and, and the board. Safety, so the safety of your personnel, the safety of your staff, the safety of your board members the safety of your volunteers, those you serve, all of those concerns and being able to have visibility into that is an area that the board can take a look at. A policy review, you know, there is nothing like a crisis to expose areas of vulnerability within an organization. So taking a look at the policy level, at the strategic level, where do we feel like we are well equipped to manage this crisis? And where do we feel like we may need to bolster some of our policies and procedures? And then fifth and finally is equity. So as you're making decisions as an organization, both as a nonprofit leader and as a board member, making sure that you keep that lens of equity at the forefront of your mind. So as you make decisions about working from home, about technology, about apps, understanding that people have different circumstances and staff members have different circumstances and making sure that when you're providing resources to the team, that you're keeping that equity lens in place. A couple of key questions that um, I think boards should be asking themselves right now as they get together. What aspects of this challenge, this particular challenge, affect our organization, number one? Number two, what are our greatest vulnerabilities? So what is this exposing for us that we need to shore up? Third is one that, that I have found that many boards don't really like to engage with, and you can certainly understand why, is what are the scariest questions that we have? If we were to be standing up on that podium and we were facing the media or facing the community, what are the questions that we really don't want to be asked? And obviously that dovetails in with our greatest vulnerabilities. 
And then finally, how can we prevent the worst case scenario? So as a board, as we, as we talk through different scenarios, both financial and otherwise, how do we make sure that we are mitigating against the worst possible scenario for our organization? So a lot of times where this starts with boards is in managing risk. So when we talk about managing risk in, in a challenging situation, um, I always recommend to boards communicate frequently and that's both internally and externally. Check your business continuity plan. Run different risk scenarios. So one of the boards I was working with recently set up a small board task force during this time on risk. And they're in charge of identifying, communicating with the board as a whole about risk factors affecting the organization. Running different scenarios as time passes to see what do we think is most likely? What do we think is the best case scenario? What do we think is the worst case scenario? Also in managing risk, understanding your remote policy. So if you have remote workers or if your staff is working remotely, do you have a policy in place for that yet? What is the impact on your volunteers? And particularly if you're an organization like a food pantry, how has this impacted your supply chain? We talk about a business continuity plan. Um, a lot of organizations, I've seen a lot of chatter online, on Facebook, on social media groups around business continuity and organizations that either don't have a business continuity plan in place uh, or are struggling to pull one together right now. And I've done some consulting with organizations recently, so I know the struggles there and how difficult that can be to put together. There are four elements uh, that go into any business continuity plan. There's a communications plan, who speaks, how, what do they say? There's an essential function, so an understanding of what are the critical assets and essential functions of your organization. What programs will we continue? What programs will we cease? And then finally, what is our plan to resume normal business activities? So as you think about your business continuity plan, I encourage organizations keep those four elements in place. You can fill in the details, but if you keep those broad areas, the communications, the strategy, who's on the business continuity team, what is the communication plan in mind as you build that plan, it'll be far more effective. The second uh, policy area that a lot of organizations are struggling with right now is developing a remote operations strategy. So what, what do they put in their remote policy um, as they now contemplate this new reality of workers working from home, if they haven't already done so. A couple of elements that I, I recommend in a remote policy are compensation and work hours. So what are the expectations of the organization as far as compensation, work hours? Eligibility, is this something that is going to apply to everybody or do we have different um, types of employees within the organization? How will you handle equipment? So if an employee needs a laptop, needs an iPad, needs different pieces of equipment to carry out their job, can the organization provide that? How will you manage confidentiality? And that's both an IT question um, as well as a, as a document protection. Um, office supplies, how will employees either get reimbursed for or be provided with office supplies? Reminding employees in the remote policy that if they are at home and working on behalf of the organization, they are still covered by workers' compensation. Um, and then how does this impact employee evaluation? 
So one of the things employees may be wondering about in this time is if I'm working from home, how does this impact the ability of the organization to meaningfully evaluate my work, whether that's a 30-day evaluation, a six-month evaluation, or an annual evaluation. The next area that I wanna, I wanna touch on briefly is the board's role in financial management. So obviously one of the main uh, crises that are being experienced by nonprofits across the country right now is in the area of financial management, is, is trying to manage the loss of revenue that comes from uh, perhaps the cancellation of an event or perhaps the loss of a donor or the loss of a grant. At the same time, there could be a surge in demand for services. So there are a couple of different areas uh, of board engagement here in the financial management area. Uh, I do want to direct everybody's attention. If you haven't seen the article yet, uh, there was a fantastic article that was published online um, by a friend of mine, colleague of mine, Steve Zimmerman, um, who is actually going to be a guest on the podcast coming up. And we'll be talking about this, this specific topic. But he had a fantastic article on five areas of board engagement in financial management during a crisis. Uh, and the five areas are, number one, the board has to understand the organization's cash position. What is the short-term cash position of the organization? What is the long-term liquidity and reserves of the organization? And there's a couple of different formulas there that you can share with board members to help them understand that, help, that, help them report on that to the full board. Second is assessing what has been the damage to the revenue stream. So whether that is events, whether that's program services, grants, donors, um, how do you assess or how can the board meaningfully assess damage to the revenue stream? Third area of board engagement is monitoring the dual bottom line when making decisions. So a lot of times in crisis when we make decisions, boards tend to default to a decision making uh, that's based on the financial and based on financial realities, and certainly that's important, but nonprofits are unique in that we have a dual bottom line, that the other side of that, the second bottom line for us, is impact. And so as you make decisions for the organization, um, making sure that you're weighing both the, the, the impact of that decision on your impact on the community, um, as well as on the organization's finances. Fourth is ensuring that all voices are heard, um, many times the temptation in crisis can be to turn inward and become more insular, but particularly with the decisions faced by the board, faced by chief executives right now in the nonprofit sector, that requires a lot of input. And how are you getting the voice of staff members into the boardroom? How are you getting the voice of your donors, the voice of your volunteers, to make sure that boards have access to the type of information they need in order to make solid decisions? And then finally is advocating paying attention to what is going on in the legislative landscape, both locally at the state level and at the federal level, and how can your organization's voice be represented there. So this is, as, as we've talked through today, I know this is a very different type of podcast than we've had in the past, um, but I did want to share some, some thoughts that had been rolling around in my head and hopefully they're helpful to you. As we wrap up, I want to share a few tips that I've been um, communicating with my nonprofit clients around fostering board engagement. There is, uh, first and foremost, there is absolutely no replacement during this time for strong leadership from the board chair. Uh, the board chair, the board president is a vital figure at this time, is a partner for the executive director, 
is a leader for the board, is a communicator, is a champion, is a cheerleader, is a comforter, um, is someone that is vital in, in making sure the continuity of the organization is maintained and making sure both board and staff have the supports in place. Certainly every board member plays a role, but as the linchpin, that board chair and executive director partnership is likely to be tested in many key ways during a crisis situation. Second um, tip for fostering board engagement right now is small actionable steps. Um, I know as leaders, I know as nonprofit executives and board chairs, our temptation um, is to share some of the anxiety that we're all experiencing right now and share it as a general call for help or call for support. Um, a lot of times board members don't necessarily know what to do with that. So if the email goes out and says, we're asking for the board to support the organization during that time, that's a very broad call. What does that mean? There are small actionable steps that the board can take. If you have an HR background, we are asking you to do A, B, and C. For those of you with a finance background, we're asking you to do D, E, and F. All board members, we're asking you within the next 30 days to consider a meaningful gift to the organization, a donation to keep our finances in a solid state. So again, the more you can think about your board as a team, the more you can look and leverage the individual skills, talents, and perspectives of the board into small actionable steps, the more likely it is for board members to engage during this time. Third is every organization needs to balance uh, in a crisis situation, the role of committees versus the role of the full board. And there is no right answer here. There is no um, one universal, one size fits all answer. Rather, every nonprofit organization has to assess for them at this point in time, are they more effective working through their existing committee structure or are they more effective working as a full board during this time? And again, weighing the pros and the cons of each of those is something every board needs to weigh. Fourth is meeting frequency. Uh, I am a, I'm a huge proponent of following bylaws. I, I absolutely am. Everybody who um, listens to this podcast knows that. But now is not the time for rigidity. So just because your bylaws state that you meet quarterly as a board on the second Tuesday of the first month of the quarter doesn't mean that at this point you don't need to consider meeting more frequently as a board, meeting at a different time as a board, coming together in shorter segments. Uh, to address smaller, um, more focused topics and discussion. So have some flexibility as a board, it's a, as, as a leader. Um, it can be a way to foster additional board discussion, dialogue, and engagement. And then finally, pay attention to managing the virtual meeting. I suspect that for this next period of time, um, many, uh, most, if not all, boards will be meeting virtually through Zoom or Skype or some other um, telephonic, uh, some other uh, technology solution. Um, pay attention to the, the norms that you want to create for your virtual meetings. Some organizations have found that bringing in a facilitator for the board meeting helps them be more productive, helps the board members, helps the chair and the executive director focus on the conversation and the dialogue itself rather than the technology rather than making sure that voices are heard, rather than making sure that individuals don't speak over one another and, um, 
and that the meeting flows smoothly. So consider for your individual organization, how are you going to manage this virtual meeting? Is it something that you can do internally yourselves or would you benefit by bringing in an external facilitator to facilitate the meeting itself? So again, I, I just wanted to take a few minutes today. I know this is a very unique uh, podcast and, and very unique for me as the podcast host being the only voice on the podcast, but I thank you for listening. I do encourage you to reach out. Um, if there are any ways in which I can be of assistance, my team here, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. You can always connect with me by email at Gregory, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y at NielsenConsults.com or visit our website, www.nielsenconsults.com. I just led a webinar for a board earlier today uh, on this very topic, and they found it helpful to them in charting a path forward, in getting engaged. And we, we delved much deeper into some of those financial assessments um, and ways to mitigate fundraising loss. But if that's something that's helpful for you, please feel free to reach out. You can also connect with me on social media, active on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Gregory underscore Nielsen. I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. I know there are uh, a thousand different uh, items competing for your time, competing for your attention during this period. And I hope that we're bringing value through the podcast. I hope that that's something that is helping your organization move forward with um, and move through this, this period. We will continue to have upcoming podcast episodes and I'll share that information um, coming soon. Thank you to all who are listening. Stay safe, stay well. You're not alone. We're in this together. Reach out anytime. Thank you.